listeners, and uh, welcome to Trail Angels, powered by Karen the Load. Annette and I are thrilled this evening to be talking with uh, Daryl and Veronica Williams. Daryl and Veronica Williams are the founders of Alliance Seminars Coaching, which is a veteran-owned, faith-based organization that provides clients with coaching services, motivational speaking, and certified workshops. And I love your mission. Their mission is to support clients by sharing strategies and skills that strengthen personal and professional relationships. They also collaborate with individuals and organizations to improve leadership skills, which increase individual quality of life and business culture. They have inspired couples, individuals, and organizations throughout the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. And their experience also comes from being licensed ministers. And we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, an associate pastor and master certified life coaches. Additionally, they uh, have mentored military couples during later years in the United States Army. And and Daryl, I know that uh, you spent uh, uh, many years uh, working in the military. Yeah. So can I first of all say thank you for your service? We we certainly appreciate uh, that service. Thank you. The honor. And Veronica, thank you. I can't imagine what it would be like being home during certain situations and, and conflicts and, and that concern. So thank you for supporting. Yeah. Thank you. you. You know, part of part of that uh, military service also gave Daryl some great opportunities in working with the White House. And uh, Daryl's traveled as an operations and vice presidential communications officer, leading over 500 White House missions. Following the tragedies of September 11, 2001, Daryl was selected as one of five key leaders from 30 senior managers to, to direct uh, emergency action communications for the vice president of the United States to include duties as an Air Force II command representative. You know, we could go on and on with mm-hmm. this uh accomplishments and it's but we're going to talk about not so much the accomplishments but we're going to talk about what we've learned uh during during years of service and when yeah. we talk about service we're not just talking about military or government we're talking about service to each other yes we're talking to to our our listeners all the time about service to each other and how they can become true trail angels so welcome we're glad to have you here today Thank you so Thank you much. Again, we're happy to be here. So, so here you are in Washington D.C. You've had some unique experiences, both of you. Mm-hmm. But you talk a lot about collaboration. We've we've read a little bit about uh, your stories, but you talk about collaboration and how important collaboration is in marriage. And and I just want to start off maybe with a question for both of you mm-hmm. as to what does collaboration look like in a healthy relationship. Well, I love that. Um, the collaboration for us, especially for me, it starts, you know, again, from that military background. One thing we notice that all successful organizations work together, right? And even within the Army, there's different parts of the organization. And then across the Army, then there's the Air Force, the Navy, Marines, and the Coast Guard. But one thing that makes everyone successful is we all know our mission and we're all there to support something greater than ourselves. So for us, we've always brought that type of mentality into the marriage because it works, right? When you're in this situation, you're not trying to do things for yourself. 
but everything you want to do is for that other person or for your best friend, right? Now you're not looking for any reward. You're just doing it because it's just the right thing to do. And so for us, collaboration has always been a part of our marriage. It, it is the right thing to do. But at the same time, sometimes we don't always do the right thing, do we? No, we don't always do that. But I guess for us in collaborating, um, what better um, way to learn how to collaborate? And that was talking to other couples that were older, had a lot of wisdom and had some spiritual knowledge, meaning they were they had a faith in God who who we believe in. Absolutely. um, To help guide us so that we wouldn't make some of the mistakes of marriages that we've seen in our own lives among family members, friends, or or just the world in general. And as we realize that um, the the Bible speaks of two is better than one. And that was our foundation, is that we're going to be two better than one, because our math doesn't equal God's math. (laughs) And it's going to be amazing what um, he has for us when we are working together and not against each other. I love so many things that you just shared there that you looked up to these, these wiser, more mature couples. They were your trail angels. Showed you the path. They showed you, they helped you cross those, those rocky, rocky roads at times and, and, and by different things helped so that we didn't make those same mistakes. But I also, when you talk about, you know, the two is better than one and and how our math doesn't equal, you know, God's math, mm-hmm. all those, those things, I appreciate that because there really isn't a way to, to be able to say, okay, explain, you know, how does that math work out? We just mm-hmm. know it works out. Right. So true. So true. You know, and in... God's eternal scheme of things, uh, maybe one of the best things that we can learn in life is to have faith in his timing. Yeah. And, and his timing isn't always the same as, as our timing. No. In fact, it very rarely is. <laughs> That's right. But what we do know is that when we anchor our lives in Christ Jesus to be the center, you the end result is success. And the end result is giving him glory because of what we represent in our marriage um, and try to show others. Because if you say that you're a Christian, people are really holding you, um, holding you accountable for that. Um, And so we knew that as strong as we both were individually and coming together collectively as Christians, that we were going to be looked at. Mm -hmm. And so we did not want our, our life and our love that Christ put us together to look hypocritical. And we want, we were women and men, um, a woman and man of of faith and trusting God, no matter what the storms may be. So we knew that we had to represent him well, because all eyes were on us, especially during the newlywed years. You know, there, there are a lot of storms, uh, in the sea, and and uh, you know, I, I, I think of uh, the, the the storms that we have in our life, and uh, you know, God might not uh, always uh, calm the seas, but, but He can calm the sailor, and 
and and as sailors, we do our very best, don't we, to to try to negotiate those those uh, high waves sometimes. But Veronica, you said something very important there, I think, and it kind of goes to part of the takeaways that I would hope that our listeners would would recognize today. And and you guys talk about uh, the idea of divorcing yourself, divorcing from self. Mm-hmm. What does that exactly mean to divorce from self? So one thing we did, you know, we were really fortunate to lead a couple's Bible study for about seven years um, at our church. And when we were doing the research to log, you know, the different books that we would use and we lined them up and there was a common theme. You know, obviously when you hear about marriage, you hear about communication being important and intimacy and, you know, the financial piece. But one thing I saw that was kind of an underline in all of those was you have to divorce yourself. You cannot come into marriage being selfish, right? And I know it's hard because you've known that person all your life, right? You know you. And then now it's like, okay, now I have to learn this other person. And it's like, but you can't do both, right? You have to divorce yourself and full to fully accept this person that God has put into your life. And I appreciate that because we do need to divorce ourselves. But then there's all this, sometimes there's confusion trying to figure out, well, who are, who am I? Who, who are we? Because as we divorce ourselves, you know, when we were married, I was 19. Mm. And I, I've grown up a lot. Yes, <laughs> we are. And, and who I was, I'm not that person today. Right. Thank goodness. We are. I mean, not, not just on you, but <laughs> people we were when we were trying to figure it out. And gratefully, as we learn together, because that two is better than one. Right. We've grown together. And yeah. and yes, we are unique and we are individuals, but together mm. we are unique and individuals. Exactly. And, you know, a part of that two is better than one. You know, we wouldn't dare want to marry anyone that looks just like us. It would stunt our growth. And so one thing you have to do when we divorce ourselves is that it takes diving into a deep conversation and setting goals and determining what is going to work here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you don't see what part of your personality or anything else about you as to what um, you need to let go and discard. But when you sit down and you talk to the other person and you're vulnerable because marriage causes vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and no, with no um, wearing of your feelings on your sleeve, you learn to discover what's going to work and what's not going to work. And then you add in what will make it look like what you want it to look like at the end of the day. That's true. Sometimes there's a little bit of bashing, isn't there? Uh, until you can actually get to, together to where you are today and where I think we are today. And I think it's it's difficult to learn to communicate mm-hmm. in that vulnerable way where we're truly listening. Right. And we're not preparing what we're going to say when he finishes, you know, sharing his thoughts and comments, but we're listening. 
And, and that vulnerability, that not wearing our, our feelings on our sleeves, it, it takes learning. It takes practice. It just doesn't automatically happen. At least it didn't just auto- automatically happen for us. No, and and in fact, uh, you know, this I, I'm going to sound very old school here. Okay. Uh, remind some of us remember Stephen Covey, yeah, and, uh, the, uh, the the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. One of his habits, as Annette was talking, it reminded me of the uh, the habit of seek first to understand before being understood. Yes, yeah, great habit. I believe that as a couple. That uh, if if we can learn to understand first before being understood, that's part of dis- divorcing yourself from yourself. You're exactly right, and and I think Mark, one thing that helped me uh, was when we went to our marriage counseling. Uh, never forget Pastor Hay, because uh, I was still in the military, but Veronica was in California. I was in the D.C. area, and I went out there because I wanted her to you know be a part of this as far as not taking her too much out of her comfort zone because she was already going to be moving three thousand miles away and i just remember with pastor hay and to me he really set that foundation of listening because he kind of gave me a task he said you know you have one thing um that you need to do as her husband and i'm like okay what's that and he said your job is to make sure that veronica fulfills everything that God has in store for her. He didn't say anything about me. It wasn't about me. He said, as her husband, your job is to make sure that she fulfills everything that God has in store for her. And the blessing of what Pastor He was telling me is, if I put my focus on God and her, my little stuff is going to be okay. Because like you said, that's that biblical math, the residuals of focusing on somebody else, but yet God multiplying your life. And that's exactly what's happened, you know, over the last 22 years, that as long as I focused on her, God took care of everything else for me. Wise counsel. And and I'm sure that the counsel would have been the same, probably if Veronica was having that same uh, counsel session with, uh, with, with uh, the pastor as well. And I, you know, the one thing he told me was that Veronica, you know, you make sure that he does it. That's that was my role, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it was kind of weird. But um, we haven't found it yet. But he had a very um, um, strategic type of questionnaire that we both had to fill out, and that we gave it to him, and he read and he combed through it. And one thing he mentioned to us, he said, I prayed about this. I went back and forth to make sure that I wasn't, you know, seeing something that I wanted to see here because of just meeting the two of you. He said, but I did not find any red flags that would not make your marriage successful. And I'm I'm assured because through my prayer, God showed me that you guys are the real deal about your Christian walk. And about your love for one uh, one another, and that for us, we began to just say, you know what, we don't we don't really just have a marriage, we have a holy hookup. That's it. Because God was instrumental in drawing us together. On the surface, we probably wouldn't have picked each other because we didn't know what our spouse was going to look like. But we allow God to show us, and even through our own individual prayer, confirming and affirming within us that. We're the we're to be together. 
you know, Veronica, the difference that separates us is is very small when you yeah. think about it, isn't it? And yeah. I sure you find the same thing in your counseling and, and in your ministry and and with mm-hmm. your coaching is that uh, th- it might seem like uh, issues are, are light years away, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're they're really really quite narrow. So true, and and a lot of that, you know, when we're doing uh, the coaching and counseling, it's just allowing individuals to take the focus off of their mate. And as Ronka says, put the mirror on themselves. I'll never forget when we started the couple's Bible study, it was like all the women were lining up like, okay, Pastor Rel, tell these men what they need to do. And then the men were looking at Veronica like, okay, Mr. Veronica, tell these wives what they're not doing right. And uh, we told them like, no, this isn't about the other person. This is about self. Let's see what God is going to do with self and then see what happens. And, you know, God worked it out where it was amazing how some of the men would say, you know what? The more I started worrying worrying about myself, the less she seemed to be annoying. (laughs) I'm like, how about that? See how God does that? And they didn't realize, like you said, it was about them. It wasn't about the other person. (laughs) And then they had to also learn that it really, of course, it wasn't about um, the other person, but it was also what God was calling them to be mm-hmm. as husbands and that what was. we're and 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 wives mm-hmm. um and i think you know couples coming together even to our bible study group we were a rare breed because how they all got together was so different from how we got together mm-hmm. but what That's made the story work is that we became transparent mm-hmm. and we allow god to work on us But we also learned through all the books and just even with our own life, setting a foundation that is going to last um, is what allows you to get through any of the tough things ahead in a marriage. Mm -hmm. So what does that foundation look like? So for us, you know, we were very transparent with them. Right. We started, you know, having kids at an older age. Right. So even prior to the Bible study, you know, we had shared with them because sometimes and you guys see this a lot. I'm sure they look at you guys. They don't see all the challenges. All they see is, you know, they're this happy couple and it looks so beautiful together, but not realizing that you have to go through some things right to cherish each other. So like for us, that foundation started really through some tragedies. Right. You know, uh, we went through and, you know, had you know, Rock had two miscarriages. And those were, I mean, it was just devastating because when you were asking God, okay, God, what is the lesson, you know, like you said, in the first one, and you're trying to get these answers and you're trying to be godly, but as a human, you're trying to understand, God, I know we're not to question you, but can you just help us? And then when it happens that second time, it's like, okay, God, you really are showing me something that I just don't understand. But as we were sharing that with the couples, right, we were letting them know that in the midst of those tragedies, one thing God did was he brought us closer together with each tragedy. And with those coming together moments, that's what that foundation, it was that glue that was making us even more stronger. But there had there had to be something. You you had to sit down one night probably and say, you know what, let's 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 be better. Let's, let's, let's become a super couple. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're better than we are. Uh, it was, you know, those miscarriages, I'm sure, was a central uh, part of being better, becoming better. The real glue to our marriage and the foundation was our faith. We couldn't do anything without Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we loved him so much. Individually, years before we even met, right. we had already proclaimed that I will love him. I will serve him until the day I die. Mm-hmm. And meeting someone that had that faint, that same um, um, conviction mm-hmm. and, and declaration allowed us to do that. Um, the miscarriages were very hard and very tough, but even in the midst of that, I felt God was showing me a lot more as to how strong we were Mm -hmm. and that the miscarriages for me weren't even about me. When I had gotten the courage to share sooner than I had anticipated, Mm -hmm. um, I was meeting women who had, um, lost their faith with God. Because 24 years prior to me losing my child, they had a miscarriage and never recovered. They may have gone on and had a child and someone never did, but they never looked to God to help them through that storm. And so meeting me, the story that God gave me is that you're only in your storm for as long as you allow yourself to be. And the point behind that is, the sooner you give it to me, Veronica, mm-hmm. the sooner I can heal, deliver, and set you free to continue life in the way that I would have you to go. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you know, we had the trail, uh, the Kareen's um, trail, uh, trail angels following right with us, um, encouraging us and strengthening us. Um, and w- once I had a miscarriage, I didn't even realize one of my favorite aunts had one as well. And didn't find the story out until she realized what had happened to me and we had visited. Um, So you never know what you experience in life is going to touch. You don't know the person. You don't know if it's something far right now or up ahead. But we have to be willing vessels for Christ to um, make it through and to trust him, um, realizing that for the moment, that storm is just right there. But it depends on how long, you know, we want to move when we want to move out of it. And that's turning it over to him because we can't take on all the weight by ourselves. And we can't take that weight on ourselves. And it's difficult when we we try, you know, we we try to to do that sometimes. And we question it's not wrong for I don't believe it's wrong to question and say, you know, God, I don't understand. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he wants to help us understand. Absolutely. But you, your faith was such that you trusted that he knew best to help. I, Mark and I both look at the, our experiences, our storms, and we talk about how they've helped us become, to become more like him. Yes. Become more serviceable, become more of his, of his light to draw others to him. Mm-hmm. And and you're exactly right, Veronica, when I had miscarriages and and it's not about us or when, you know, other storms in our life or when our, you know, the passing of a son. But people look to us and they say, but how? Yes. How can you smile? 
how can you, you know, be happy and laugh? And, and we say, how can we not? Mm-hmm. You know, we have such faith and trust in, in God and his plan that it's so much better than we could ever imagine. Okay. And we believe we will see our son again. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. so we have to live a life as if we understand that. That's right. Even well, when you don't understand. Exactly. There are times that you don't, but you rely on that faith mm-hmm. of the other times that we've been held, our hands been held to go through that storm. Yes. I remember once uh, after our son passed away, I was given some great wisdom uh, by someone who said, and this person was was a, a man of God as well. And uh, he, he said, you know, Mark, he said, what I do know, I love. But what I don't know, I trust. Mm. And and we, we have to find that trust. And I think that we're going down a road here that I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Veronica, a, a moment ago, you talked about uh, trust and about faith. But sometimes that might be simpler said than done. How can... We, and this is a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. How can we gain faith? How can we gain acceptance of, of, of a wise father's plan if we don't understand it? I think that's the piece that some people don't want to go through, but they must in order to have that fulfillment. And we have to just go through some trials. It's like we could not have stood in front of our Bible study group and not talk about those challenges because just like in life, sometimes people think, you know, failure and success are separate, but it's not true. Failure is a part of success. You know, sometimes you have to skin that need to appreciate, you know, when you get to the end of that journey and that trust is one of those things where you have to go through something in order to trust me. There has to be a situation that requires that trust. Mm-hmm. And then for a lot of us, you know, especially as Christians, we have a certain amount and, you know, that mustard seed, we all talk about faith, but sometimes we also have a mustard seed of trust and God needs to grow that seed. And we don't realize the only way it's going to grow is we go through some things and, and realize for a minute, he did it for us before yeah. he will do it again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the easier path seems to be to go around the boulder versus through the boulder. Mm-hmm. And we we uh, find that to the growth comes as as we learn to go through versus around. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know you stand the test of time. You know, um, like you were saying, you know, you have to remember other stories or other things that you've gone through in your life and how he brought you through. And so you just remember that if he did it then, he can do it again. Um, but it is your faith that keeps you um, moving forward. Um, you don't know what's ahead, but what we do know is that when I get there, I have God to help me through it. Absolutely. And, and too often our, our attitudes dictate our happiness. Mm. You know, I, I think of, uh, you know, the, uh, the Old Testament story of Jonah. You know, yeah. when we think of Jonah, we think of the well. And mm-hmm. think, wow, what a remarkable story that was. But what we forget sometimes is that uh, Jonah went to convert his enemy. Right. He was so upset when God 
help yeah, people to understand. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love the last the, the last uh, couple of lines in the book of Jonah, where mm-hmm. God says, "Jonah, doest thou well to be angry?" Mm-hmm. And and I think that uh, we we could take that same lesson: doest it well for us to be angry mm-hmm. on something that we can't control or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be very difficult for us? And the answer is inevitably no. Correct. Another thing, when we talk about going through these storms and the things that we've learned and the faith and the strength, have you ever found that there are times, Daryl, that your, your faith might be a little, it might be that mustard seed, but Veronica's has sprouted and and is growing and blooming or vice versa? Absolutely. And that's the part where you don't know how God is working in your life until you go through those moments and you go, it's one of those aha moments like, oh, that's another reason you gave me her. Got it, God. Got it. I saw parts of that, but I didn't see this other part. But the thing is, you don't see that other part until you go through those things that God allows you to go through. And the wisdom is not trying to go through it on your own, but saying, okay, God, what's the next move in this? You know, where do I take my lead from? And God is like, she's right there next to you. Yeah. And going through storms, you know, and going through life period, um, it humbled you. Yes. So, you know, you may say, oh, we're strong, we're tough. But when you go through a tragedy and a, and a major storm that really uh, rocks that foundation, you know, it humbles you um, to be humble servants and that you have nothing to lose but to trust God. Mm-hmm. Don't know how, don't know why you chose me, God, but. This is what your will is. I have to do that because I think we don't learn. We don't um, say it enough and we don't humble ourselves enough to allow our wills align with to align with God's will. And so often we want so much, but we don't stop to pray and say, God, is this what you would have for me? And, and that is such an important principle right there of humbling ourselves, because we recognize that when we're humble, what are we? We're, we're more teachable, aren't we? Yes. And we become more serviceable uh, in, in God's kingdom. And, you know, when, when, I, when I hear you talk, uh, both of you, I, I, I can tell that you not only talk the talk, that you walk the walk as well. And so I want to talk for a second about, about walking the walk. You know, with, with Karen the Load, uh, the, the, the symbol of Karen's is those three rocks on top of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us, we, we've kind of taken that uh, as a symbol of balance. And uh, not only do those uh, rocks balance on top of each other, but balance is so important in our lives. And we often talk about uh, physical. We talk about emotional. But we also talk about spiritual as well. And I'd like to spend a few moments just talking about what are some of the, the spiritual rocks in the Williams household? What are some of the habits that allow you to feel the way that you feel, and I, and I can feel it. There, there's there's no tenseness about the two of you at all. <laughs> you're, you're aligned. Uh, you you are one. Uh, but but what what does that look like in the Williams home every day? I know that when we talk about physical, it's about uh, going for hikes. It's about exercise. 
when we talk about emotionless, about taking time away from electronics and uh, mm-hmm. doing meditation and, and things vulnerable. like that. <laughs> but, but what are some of the uh, what are some of the tools for a spiritual home that uh, that the two of you uh, like to participate with? No, that's a great question, Mark. One of the things we always share with couples is, you know, this it, it doesn't have to be something that's super spiritual. It's just something, mm-hmm. the simple things. One thing we used to share with the Bible study couple is, like for us, you know, we made a point that, you know, we would wake up and do a daily bread, right? And this like the, our daily bread, nothing big, nothing huge. They're like, well, what about the Bible? I'm like, well, that's already a part of the daily bread because it gives us a scripture every day to go with. But it's going through that daily bread, right? We take turns reading the scriptures. Then we take turns. We go to the actual daily bread, reading each paragraph. And then at the end, we talk about it. That's one of the things I think a lot of couples miss is just talking about what did you just read? Because it may mean something different to Veronica based on where she's at right now. And it may mean something different to me. So we get to talk to each other and like, hey, what did that mean to you? What did you get out of that? And then we look at it and say, okay, what did we get out of that together? Right? What do, what do you think you're telling both of us? And we don't know in the beginning, but as we talk through those things and ask those questions, right, we get to learn a little bit more about each other. And then if there's a situation we're going through, we get to share like, wow, I think this means something about X because that's a job. I'm going through this type of pressure right now. And I believe in this particular passage, it's reminding me of this, right? And then after we do the daily bread, right, we pray for each other. Sometimes, you know, there's some weekends or during the week, we may sleep in a little bit past that, but that's okay. We never stray too far from the path because we know that's just one of those things that, and we've done that for a long time and it just drew us together because it allowed us to hold each other accountable. So it's not like, well, is he reading his Bible or is she reading her Bible? It's like, no, we're reading it together. You know, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in in what you just said. Uh, I, I spent, I've spent a number of years as a lay minister myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in counseling couples, you know, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, and, and, and this is, this is important. Uh, when, it, when I, when I've, counseled with couples in the past, I always ask some very specific questions as it pertains to their spiritual habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I will tell you that in the years that I've, that, that I've counseled with couples, I have never yet found a situation where a couple says, yes, we're praying together every day that is, is struggling. Now we're going to have our difficulties. There's no question about it. Right. There's going to be times when Annette looks at me and says, oh, I don't even want to see you this morning. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I'll tell you, that doesn't last long because of the spirit of God that uh, resides in our home. Yeah. But you talk about that, you know, those couples still have, that are doing those things, still have storms. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's what allows, God is allowing us to learn. Yes. And if life, I think that is one of the things that I have learned through my life and especially, you know, our, our married life is that, and even more so, you know, these last few years, this Mm -hmm. pandemic really has been a blessing as we were, you know, he's not traveling with work and you're, you're confined in your home and you're trying Mm -hmm. to, we learned how to communicate better. 
Yes. And and it became this this you know really wonderful thing. And I don't want to lose that. Mm-hmm. And you need to take those stones, those boulders that we've we've carved out and we've you know brought into our life. But but I love the fact that it's not God. Why did you allow or do this to me? Mm-hmm. He's allowing us, but we're also choosing God. Yes. Yeah. You know, you talked about Veronica, how he chose you. Well, you have chose him. Mm-hmm. That's right. As we choose God in our daily life, in those spiritual habits, then he blesses us as a couple and our home with his spirit, with that peace to be able to navigate those storms. Absolutely. Exactly. And so when this storm hits, um, it we had to embrace it. That's right. Because it was the whole world. That's right. We weren't identified as the only ones having to go through this. But it it happened. So now what? Mm-hmm. How do we move forward? We had three children. Um, and we all were coming home. No notice. Just take your computer. We got a text on our phone. Children will be let out of school early today not to return. What? And I'm just figuring all of this out. We, you know, he's in a meeting. I can't reach him. And I'm just like, well, let me just get myself together. Let me try to meet the children at the bus. Let me try to reach him so we can know how to navigate this when we get home. Um. But what happened is the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, our kids had no homework. They were the school system was still getting it together. So that allowed us to figure out um, how we were going to work through this process. So we embraced it because for most people, if they if they reach this pandemic and they already had some unresolved issues, that wasn't going to look pretty for them. But thankfully for us, we had no unresolved issues. We already were able to identify the space. We both He's on one end of the dining room table. I'm mm-hmm. on the other. <laughs> and then we may break out into another room if we have a meeting or if one of us is too loud or something's going on, the phone is ringing. But we embrace that because it's how you look at the situations. Mm-hmm. And I look at it as a situation that even drawed us closer together and it also drawed our kids closer together to embrace this being at home with mom and dad whereas no one is rushing to get you to the bus make a (laughs) lunch you know so we're all here and we learn to navigate it um church became um live stream through facebook initially Darrell and i was the ones getting up on sundays and we allowed the kids to lay in but after about a month or so I felt, you know, they can't. We got to get them back. They're used to going to church on Sunday. So what we did is we let them, we got up, we watched service. It goes off. We talk about it um, only for a few minutes. But then we did our own youth devotion with our children. Um, Out of Josh Medall, it's the daily bread for the family or for the youth. We always chose the one for the youth because it would be a situation that they can talk about. And then I also created an opportunity that Saturday nights are our family game night. And that helped us with uh, navigating 
through this year, throughout the whole year of this pandemic. So we're going to miss having to leave the house and the kids are going to miss going to school because we all enjoyed it. I had a conversation with my son today. He said, you know, we're a really good family. (laughs) We all work together. You know, nobody's, you know, we really live harmoniously. And I thought that was very awesome and a great observation from my teenage son. Listeners, did you catch what Veronica said? It's all about spiritual preparation. You you didn't uh, come across a, an emergency or a uh, a situation in this case the, uh, the the pandemic and suddenly ask oh no what do what we do, do we now do? you you were preparing for that and I, I think that's so critical and I and I love those habits and they weren't all just spiritual habits they were family <laughs> habits and it doesn't matter you know we we have family habits all of our children are are thirty or over. Almost. Almost. <laughs> one of the one of the uh, spiritual or one of the one of the family habits we have is that they all come home on Sunday evening. Oh. Uh, mom makes a uh, a nice Sunday dinner, and then we just spend time talking, playing, and just enjoying each other's company. I think that we've kind of forgotten the importance of the one-on-one communication. And just because that pandemic has, you know, our what's the word things have loosened up a little bit that we can go out do things again doesn't mean you still can't have a game night that's right no doesn't mean that you don't have that youth daily bread Mm -hmm. i mean it just i think there are things that we learned that your family has learned Mm -hmm. that will continue on because it really was a good thing it it was a good thing because that gave us an opportunity to do check-ins with our children. Unofficially. <laughs> Unofficially. <laughs> um, because a lot of parents, you know, kids were in their own rooms yeah. doing their, their work assignments on Zoom, on Google Meet or whatever platform they were on. And they lost touch. And no one thought about the children. Right. And so God had put it in my spirit as the mother, even though he's the provider, but a mother is the nurturer. And how do we, you know, not lose um, where our children are individually, spiritually, emotionally? Because this um, pandemic caused a lot of children to lose motivation for school. And it caused a lot of emotions that no one even checked in with them to say, how are you feeling? So many of us didn't understand those feelings that were going on. And we were all experiencing it. Just like you said, it was a worldwide experience. It wasn't just happening in your community or our community, but it was everywhere. And we have to become vulnerable and transparent in our communication. And I think that, again, is a beautiful thing that came out of of this experience is that People that were uncomfortable saying, oh, this feeling of anxiety or I didn't understand what was going on, they're more willing to share that when someone else says, I was feeling this way. Then yeah. in. We grew up in, this, in, this, uh, in a time where things were just swept under the rug. You don't True. talk about the feeling. And here in your, you know, your Bible study and in what we do, we're trying to open up 
we're trying to get that communication flowing because that's where healing takes place too, I believe. No, you're exactly right. And that's one of the things that we allowed, you know, those couples to look at was, you know, what, and one of the big questions we would ask is, what if God chose your marriage the way he chose Job? What if he said, I want your marriage to be an example I'm going to allow you to go through some things, but I'm picking you because I know you can do it. I know that when we come on the other side, somebody's going to say, what? They're still together? Surely they would quit that Bible study after a couple of weeks. What do you mean it's been seven years later? And they all took away from their own experiences of how God, not us, but how did God move in your marriage over those seven years? And obviously my wife, with her wisdom, Reminded the couples on that last night that, you know, seven was the number of completion. Guys, we're completed. So now it's up to us to go out and make new couples disciples. Oh, so important. So important. So, Darl, I, we, we've been talking about kind of the here and the now and what we've experienced during the COVID epidemic, uh, which, by the way, I think is an important discussion because if we didn't learn anything at all, then it was a missed opportunity. Mm, good but, point. But you you uh, dealt with emotional resilience back in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, after nine eleven, you were you were an important part of uh, that time as it pertained to the government. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, about uh, the emotional resilience that uh, maybe helped you today through what happened such a long time ago. No, that's a great point. I always share that um, when I go speaking to the schools uh, and I remind people, you know, it's funny. You look at it from different views and different lenses. You know, I was a part of the widest communications agency. So I had a top down view from a perspective of I remember like on that day, President Bush was in Florida, you know, reading at an elementary school. And at that time, um the Wireless Communicate Agency, we had different plans for how we supported the president, how we supported the vice president from an in-town perspective. So at that time, people realized, you know, Vice President Cheney was running the country, you know, making some decisions that, you know, had to be made. And just from watching and I always look at things through the lens of faith, but in my other lens, I've always looked at life through leadership. And I think 9-11 just re- reminded me more about just how important leadership is in the midst of the storm. Because for me, it was the leadership of first, you know, my fellow uh, brothers and sisters and comrades, right? Are they okay? Are they fine? All right. And then from there, then it's like their families, you know, what do we do next? Hey, everybody go home, right? Just make sure your family is okay, right? Don't worry about the mission. We'll take care of that. And then for me, it was, you know, making sure I connected with Veronica to make sure that she was okay. And that I was on my way home. Well, actually we were together on that, um, when that happened, cause we were um, at a medical appointment, but then just driving home and just realizing, you know, like what is going on? What is this about? But us reassuring each other that regardless of what's going on, God is still in control. Yeah. So, so much. And that's something if we all could understand and remember God is in control. Yes. And if we allow him to be our leader, 
Mm -hmm. to be our commander in chief. Absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's amazing what will happen in our in our homes, in our personal lives, in our marriage, in our family, and our community. I think that's where the healing will take place yeah. in a world that there's a lot of suffering. Yes. Yeah, that is so true. And the word that comes to mind for me during that whole time, and even with the pandemic, is surrender. You know, you had no control. You, you can, nothing you can do can control any of this situation. And unfortunately, nine one one, you know, nine eleven, was one of those times. And so I think when we go through tragedy as a country, number one. It causes those that are um, serving Christ to fall on bending knees, to find a different position to surrender to him. And I think the trials and when things affect everyone and not just a select few, um, it causes us to surrender um, is how that plays out for my life. So, so here we are. You know, it, it's interesting. We've been talking about a lot of different trials and things, but isn't it interesting that the commonality, it's its the same, is that we, we surrender to to someone that is more wise yes. than we are. Yes. So I, I can't believe we've been talking uh, for for the better part of an hour here. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's been so interesting here, but we wouldn't be – and, and we gave you fair warning of this as well, we is did. that uh, the beginning, you're going to be talking about trail angels. Yes. Yeah? And we all have trail angels in our life. And I, I'd be interested from both of you about the trail angels in your lives and who has made a difference and why they made a difference. For me, the one that I think about, um, his name is um, Deacon Bobby Brady. That guy was so great because, one, um, he introduced me to youth ministry, right? I was working um, in the military at that time, doing a lot of travel, and I was attending an adult Bible study, but he needed some help with the youth. And at that time, I looked younger than I was, so he figured, hey, this might be a good two-for-one, right? He, he knows the word, and he looks kind of young, right? And the blessing of it, not only right, introducing me to youth ministry and one of my passions that God was basically showing me, you know, this is the next step for you. But just to watch, you know, Deacon Brady, one, he worked for the government. Two, he was working with you. Three, he was married, had his own daughter. And the way he just went through all four of those areas, I'm sure he had some challenges and things of nature. But to me, just to be able to see how he did that. And it was just a beautiful thing. Like, wow, this is how you do ministry. This is how you do marriage. This is how you do professional work, right? This is how you do as a dad and a husband. And it, to me, just watching him, um, it was really just a great thing because I never forgot it. Uh, for me and Veronica, we always call those spiritual markers, right? That was one of those spiritual markers in my life that I knew it allowed me to pivot to a higher level of serving. Oh, great example right there. How about you, Veronica? For me, it was my godparents. 
um, the late Reverend Willie and um, Shirley Richards. They were my godparents. Um, they were a pastor and a pastor's wife. And they took the community kids in and showed them who Christ was. And I looked forward to every Saturday we were doing, we had a program called the Sunbeams. And they give us a little word and then we would do games in their front yard, bobbing for apples, sacks, you know, um, the, the foot sack or whatever. Um, but they, their life was an example of a great marriage um, that serves Christ. Um, they were also missionary workers. And so I saw them when they were here in the United States serving in their church and in the community. And then when they went abroad and went to Liberia and served every for years there, and then every year they would go back and still do their missionary work. And so they were my example and they were my trail angels that showed me what it looks like to be married to another Christian and serving Christ together. Mm-hmm. The key things are the service and love and how that helped you to understand, you know, this is something I want in my life. Absolutely. And that you could work towards. And and that selflessness, you know, you talked about losing self. Well, yeah. you saw that in these trail angels in your life, and that's what you're doing now. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, so glad God chose us. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. And we're glad that he did as well. We always give our guests the last word. Uh, any any last thoughts, anything that you haven't uh, shared yet that you would love to share? Any bits of wisdom that uh, our with our uh, our listeners could could glean from from the both of you there? I would say um to those that want that are married and may have hiccups, you know, zoom out of the relationship or the situation that you're in and see a bigger picture as to how that would draw you closer. Um, and just to find value in your life, um, not looking for it from your husband or from anyone else, but find value for how Christ sees you and how you would like to be. Um, and just learn to just uh, trust God because with him, all things are possible. And if there is an unbeliever, you know, find purpose um, for why you're married and, and glean from there to find a common goal and denominator to, to stick it out. And then for me, I want to, just from the leadership perspective, right? Two things to share with any couple listening is, first of all, maximize your call. You know, to me, every marriage is a call, but it's up to us to maximize that call. And that maximizing could take the form of finding a mentor couple, right? Getting resources, whether it's marriage counselor or relationship coach, Um, but maximize that call that's on your marriage. Because when you maximize it, you have no idea, right? When God says, Mark and Annette, I need you to do this podcast, right? You couldn't do this if you did not maximize the call on your marriage. 
And then the second thing I share with couples is set the conditions for success, right? Every marriage comes in different form, has different challenges. But the good news is we have free will, which means that we can set the conditions for success in our marriage. We get to choose what we want to be in our marriage and what we're not going to um, put inside of our marriage, right? So we have control over those things to maximize our call and set those conditions for success. Again, great wisdom. Uh, Daryl, Veronica, how can, how can our listeners reach you through uh, Alliance Seminars Coaching? Uh, they can reach us on our website, um, which is www.allianceseminars.org, allianceseminars, with an S, .org. And definitely we're on Facebook as well. And we always share with people, don't be surprised if you reach out to us and uh, we get in contact with you within 24 to 48 hours. Because that's that military background that we have <laughs> where we value everybody's time. And if you took the time to reach out to us and we want to make sure that we take the time to reach back to you. Thank you. And we'll also put a link directly in the show notes so that our listeners, it will be easy to, to find you and, and connect with you. Thank you well, so much. Thank you for joining us today. We we hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with with Darlin Veronica Williams as we've discussed so many things. You know, I, I don't know if we can pinpoint exactly what we've talked about, but I would say that we we've talked about successes in the home. Yeah. We've talked about uh, successful marriages and successful relationships, and that's so important. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing that you will ever do. The stories and experiences that our guests share inspire us as well as to help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know and love. We are stronger together. Keep caring.